to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy and Ben Slowey. And it's a party here, uh, as I've got a cinematic indie rockers sleeper sound uh, with me in the building today. And by building, I mean a gallery view of six people, including myself. Uh, their last record, In Media Rest, came out in 2018. Uh, they've got uh, some videos in the works right now, new material. Uh, very excited to uh, talk to them and learn more about them as a band, as they're one of my favorite groups in the city. And uh, very happy that all of them can join me tonight. So we'll go down the line here and uh, everyone can introduce themselves. We'll start with Mike. Mike, what do you, who are you and what do you play? Uh, yeah, so uh, Mike Campisi, I uh, play bass um, and some synthesizers. Uh, we've been experimenting with that soundscape for a little while now. I think it's been going pretty well. Awesome. Who wants to go next? So I'm back, Kenny. I play guitar and a little bit of synthesizer as well. I'll go. I'm Dave, and I play guitar, a little bit of synths, and singing. And Dan, the Jayco, I play drums, and uh, I do a lot of the recording. Yeah. <laughs> and we got Steven. I'm Steven. I, uh, I play the visuals. I play things like the clouds and, and the sunrise and the sunset and the moon and turtles. Space turtles. Space turtles. turtles. Which would explain why you are actually in the sky right now. Uh, you're coming live to us from the sky. Um, <laughs> it's quite impressive. Um, yeah, well, welcome to the show, guys. It's been a long time coming. And uh, once again, it's great to see everybody. So cheers. Thanks for having us. Dude, great to see you. Yeah. Um, how's everyone's days today? Super uh, busy. <laughs> Just like every every day lately. Uh, pretty wild. Pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, purgatory for sure. Yeah. I feel yeah. That. Today was cool. It was all right. Wasn't the worst one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a beautiful day, at least. Oh, yeah. Yes. It was a very, very nice day. Uh, you guys are the third episode today, so it's been a long day for me. Um, oh, wow. Wowie zowie. Yeah, well, I'm unemployed right now, so I'm filling the time up, you know. So, um, that's, that's productive. That's cool. Oh, yeah. I try to be out here, you know. Um, You're going to get good at video editing, I bet. Yes. Learning um, <laughs> the... Yeah, like, um, Adobe, learning the ins and outs of Adobe Premiere is, is much crucial in a time like this with this much output. So what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And the first time I saw Sleeper Sound was almost a year ago. Actually, wait, it might have been around a year ago at this point now. It yeah. was. It was it's October. October. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was. Um, it was a year ago? Oh, my God. It was at the Cactus Club. That's, yeah. Yeah. And that was a really fun show. Um, saw you guys with uh, Resurrectionists, mm -hmm. another great yep. hockey band. Shout out to Joe Cannon. Yeah, uh, I play in another band with him a little bit. Oh, tight. Which one is that? Slander Cannon. Awesome. Yeah, well, that one, it's kind of under the radar. We aren't super active right now, but I think that's going to get rebooted. But actually, Joe is an incredible, talented guy. I mean... Awesome. That was yeah. a good show. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was a great show. And I was really happy to uh, catch you guys that night because you guys were one of the, like the, the friendliest and most talkative interviews I've ever had for breaking and entering. <laughs> I remember like, I was like uh, taking the sound bites from our interview the next day and uh, it was like, 20 minutes long so you guys gave me plenty of material and i love when i don't have to like cry to get answers from bands so i appreciate that um a lot from you guys you also gave me a record very kind of you uh which i was listening to uh before this uh episode here um so uh i guess to start um so who here is from Milwaukee and who isn't? Uh, I'm from Milwaukee. I'm, me too. Me three. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Kenny, aren't you from Sheboygan? Well, I'm in from Milwaukee in as much as uh, I'm not from Illinois. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, nice. That was only a low blow insofar as Illinois is south of here. True. Hmm. Anyway, I'm from Illinois. I'm from, I'm from Illinois as well. Nice. Uh, Dave, what part of Illinois are you from? Well, I was born at the former Cook County Hospital in Chicago, Illinois, but uh, born there, raised a little bit there, but mostly throughout the suburbs, and then graduated high school in Edwardsville, Illinois, far south by, by St. Louis. Oh, well. Um, back up for college and then I just moved here in 2015. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'm from the South suburbs of Chicago. I came up here six years ago for UWM and uh, no reason to leave. So yeah. Love Cheers. Very much. Welcome. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. It's great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I guess, you know, we're really gonna, for the, you know, with everyone here, like normally I'd go down the line and hear everyone's life story about, oh, when did you get into music, you know, but it's, you know, five fellows we're dealing with here. So let's just start with uh, the history of the band. So tell me a little bit about the backstory behind Sleeper Sound. Uh-oh. Uh, do you want <laughs> so <laughs> I'll take this. All right. Um, Craig, Craigslist. Craigslist. Yep. So uh, Dave. Yeah, that's so that's the big secret, right? No, <laughs> we uh, Dave was moving here. I was playing in a band in Chicago for several years. Uh, and that band sort of fell apart as distances got hard and, you know, life gets in the way, those sorts of things. Um, so I've been just looking everywhere, Facebook and Craigslist and everywhere and a lot of metal bands here which I wasn't super interested in being a part of, but I saw a post from a guy who said he was into Explosions in the Sky. I've got all this solo project from St. Louis. And I said, all right, let's see what this guy's all about. And I listened to it and uh, I thought, you know, he's got a really good voice. I feel like I could fit in here and add something to this music and uh, sent Dave a message. And we went out and saw, what was, we went to the Cactus Club, Dave. Was that um, Mets. Uh, Mets. Mets. You to see Mets. Yeah, and it was just fucking incredible, you know. And so it was like this, like instant bonding between us. We had a great time, and like uh, then Dave sort of went off, and he put together the rest of the band. So I guess you should well, take. Well, for a little. So, so Mike, actually, for a little while there, we heard about you, but we hadn't seen you. Hmm. 
So uh, when I got together with Dave, uh, we were actually playing for a short time, and he kept alluding to, hey, I know this other guy named Kenny who plays guitar and this great bass player named Mike, but, you know, Mike's getting married. He might not be interested in playing music anymore. So a little bit on the fence. I never said that. I never said well, that. Well, no, no. Well, no, I don't know what it was. Maybe that's... No, no, or or something like you're busy with getting for marriage. Or that was true. Yeah, I was I was getting married. <laughs> so then we're like, oh well, we may not get that bass player out of this whole mix, you know, whatever. I don't know. We we were lost. I think we tried to get a few other guys in, but it wasn't working. As we just leave it at that, Dave. I think you might have remembered a couple of those. Uh huh. They were nice gentlemen. Yeah. I just. Yeah. <clears throat> hey. Craigslist is uh, how I um, found a lot of my living spaces. So it's a very useful resource for sure. So, so Stephen, let me just say one of the things. So then Stephen came into the mix basically through Mike. Oh, God. And I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, Julian Kegel, who owns Kegel's Inn and is a part of the Wheel and Sprocket family, um, he uh he was just having a dinner at his place and, and me and mike were both invited and he had actually mentioned mike to me before he's like yeah you got to meet my friend mike and then we were there and he's like oh yeah i meant to I meant to introduce you guys this is what i was talking about and and so we we were because i i you know whatever um he i guess he knew that um mike had talked about wanting to put some visuals to the music and he knew i was like a visual artist so um, he wanted to make that connection and and, it, and that's actually from there me and Mike just like kind of I think I, I hang out with Mike more than I hang out with Julia now. <laughs> Which is saying a lot because we barely see each other so. Well yeah it's true I don't see everybody a lot. Especially, right especially now. now I mean. Right yeah. I mean that's it's really nothing to judge right now. No. <laughs> but we do yeah. a block from each other which is really weird. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah, this is uh, this is pretty much like my interaction with the world is doing this show through Zoom. So I get that. Also, speaking of explosions in the sky, uh, who here saw them in Milwaukee for three years ago in the past? Oh, I think a lot of us. Yeah, Dave, yeah. saw them. That was a Mike, fucking kick-ass show. Yeah, so it was amazing. Kenny and I went together, actually. Is that what Foley asked? Did say the name of the band? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, can we swear on this podcast? Is that oh, yeah, yeah, you can. Oh, okay, course. holy fuck. Yeah, those yeah. guys are amazing. Holy fuck are a really awesome yeah. band, too. They were incredible. Yeah. I had no idea, like, that that band even existed um, until then. Yeah, I love industrial dance music, and holy fuck is one of the best bands to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, but, yeah, I've, I... I've, I've been pretty into post-rock for like maybe the last four or five years or so and like you know like big gods speak you black emperor fans Sigur yeah. rose like that kind of stuff um and that's why like i really gravitated toward your guys sound when i saw you because it goes so well with like the cinematic um like artscapes um that you guys conjure musically but also visually and uh, any band that can do that is like it's a it's a very um sensory experience so how did uh how did so sleeper sound where did that name come from 
Um, um, so Dave used to be in a band that went by the name of Sleeper. Was that a solo project though? I think that was his solo project. And then there's like already a pretty well-established band called Sleeper, but he had the domain name Sleeper Sound. So basically it was just practical to keep the uh, domain name. Well, it worked out pretty nice too, because we were able to really uh, easily transfer uh, a fan base from his group because, you know, he just said, hey, my new project is now Sleeper Sound. It's a full band. Um, and so it worked out really nice. It, uh, everything just sort of fell together. And I mean, the domain name, obviously, like, it was a weird, like, hey, why don't we just call the project that? Because um, it was always supposed to be a musical, cinematic, sort of uh, multimedia experience. So I guess we've always sort of referred to it as a project. Um, and I think the fact that what Dave had been working on before wasn't dramatically, horribly different. So it made sense to kind of transition and smooth, I think. In fact, I mean, it's, there's some consistency, I think. I think, Dave, you can be the final judge of that, but. Yeah, I, I, I love that we were able to kind of keep some of the, the vibe, I guess, or the sound of the sound, the essence of the sound, or maybe sort of some of the, the sentiments behind the music. But ultimately, like, we don't play the songs that I played when I did Sleeper, the solo project in St. Louis. Um, they're a completely different band. And it was just kind of fun to have some sort of launch pad to go from. But um, we wanted to have a separate name, too, just because we are our own project, the four of us, the five of us. We're, we make a family of musicians and visual artists. Um, and we want to have a name that's unique for that. And I think that the, the word sleeper, too, is meaningful um, for me from the beginning, too, just because so much of our, our lives and the way we, we live them and the way we treat one another is, is kind of like just habit. And we're oftentimes like really asleep and what we do and kind of struggling between the battle of waking up and understanding that there's a lot more at play in determining how we live our lives. And there's a lot that we can own within that. And, and so just try, trying to deal with, with that kind of growing up and, and waking up in a world that is constantly changing and, and infiltrated by craziness in all directions. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you reflect on growing in such an everlasting, or excuse me, ever-changing climate, politically, socially, environmentally, societally. It, when you're reflecting on it, it feels kind of meditative to do that, you know, to like look back and reflect on time and be like, wow, <laughs> like it's so weird how like, you know, time and place like interact with one another. Um, yeah, like... I don't know if any of you guys like ever like visit your childhood homes, but you really get confronted with that exact feeling like, wow, like the object permanence of where I grew up is like so real. Like everything is exactly where I left it. Or maybe it's not, maybe it's a completely different thing. Who knows? But yeah. Um, yeah. I think about that kind of stuff all the time. That being said, like how long has Sleepers Have been a project? 
Ash, Dave, how long? I mean, you're the best judge of it because I think we really, everybody really started kind of doing this maybe just a couple months at most after you got to Milwaukee. For me, I think it really hit home that we had something going when I went to Kenny's house and we wrote the guitar lines for passengers and pilots. And I feel like that was in the late winter 2016. Mm. Awesome. So we're mm -hmm. almost up on six, five to six years right now. Cool. Very cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, so we talked a little bit about it for Breaking Entering, the, the whole recording process behind your last record, and would love to revisit it um, to hear the story, because it was unique, kind of the way you guys had, like, the recording process all set up, if you guys would love to share what you did for that, for that, uh, you know. Yeah. Piece. Yeah, so basically, we practice at my house, and we have a main room where it's a living space, but it's big enough that we have the, everybody's got their stuff pretty much set up. Um, and then I have mics ready. Everything's ready to go. Typically there are nights I'm a little lazy guys will kind of admit to that, but uh, usually we try to record most practices is certainly if we think we've got some good ideas coming and then um, that way we've always got material on on tape, so to speak. And then once we have that, we, I, we send it out and then everybody kind of listens to it, you know, comes up with other ideas, finds ways to maybe um, rework something, you know, it's kind of a cathartic collaboration, you know. Iterative, yeah. Yeah, iterative. So um, yeah, it's convenient that we have everything kind of available to us in this way. There's been a couple of times where things came together really quick, you know, um, and it's uh, one of the few bands I've ever been in where people like we have sort of a really good like communication, nonverbal communication musically with each other. Um, and there are times things really do come out pretty naturally, like without a lot of uh, back and forth. Then of course, There'll be an exception here or there. We could probably talk about worse songs we put away for like a year and then we come back to them. And then sometimes we say, you know, what were we worked up about in the first place? I think we might've had it a year ago, but we've been going around and around on it. So anyway, it's, it's all good. It's good that we all work together really easily, closely together. People, um, everybody's been getting their own little setups kind of going a little bit. So song ideas come popping out that way too. Sometimes people send out some ideas from, from their home setup and we'll all listen to it. And then we get together and we have the method by which we can record something that um, I've personally invested a lot of time into over the past, say 10 years. I think I've gotten better at it, but uh, everybody in this band is really good too. Like, um, credit to everyone that they know how to play their instrument and they know what they do really well. And it's a fairly natural process to get songs that sound pretty good. Word. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, 
My personal favorite off that record is uh, Slow Moon. Mm. That's a bold pick. I like it. I like that. It's good. It's a very oceanic song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really dug that one a lot. Um, what was the idea behind like the weird like wolf creature on the cover? Dan? It's a piece of art that we have on our wall um, in the main room. <clears throat> we have a wall that's pretty much behind the band and it's all the ceiling in the wall is pretty tall. It's like a 15 foot ceiling. Um, I'll have to send you a picture or something. Maybe that yeah. with a visual, but uh, it watch was. The, watch the music video by them. You'll see it. Oh, it's yeah. Right. Yep. We've done yeah. so obviously like through all of this, uh, we've become better or at least Dan's become better at editing video uh, with Steven's help. Like obviously those two have been collaborating to kind of get that out, but we've had to do virtual concerts um, as most bands have or, should be doing i mean that's like something that if you're going to continue to play like that's a really it's a big part of it nowadays um so we've gotten pretty good at that but yeah you can really see the room uh and it it lends itself beautifully to being a video studio as well I, it's our practice space is our home for sure yeah i love it i love it because everything's ready to go yeah, I live there and everything's ready to go. It's a crazy place, man. We got like three cats and two dogs and people wow. come here. And, no, and many I, people think that that piece of artwork is actually a, of one of their dogs. Right. But it's not. But it worked really well together that in their music video that was directed by Mark Borchard that uh, that they, they used uh, the dog in the music video and that was the cover of the of the of the album and so it was kind of a cool like tie-in and um so it was a it was a neat little uh part of the part of the music video too that is really cool that's awesome and steven was part of that video as well that video production so yeah we worked with mark borchard that was cool and hey that's a real treat to work with mark borchard shout out he to was amazing. yeah he was amazing you know i think sometimes People know him as kind of a zany character, but what's funny is once you, he's still a zany character, no doubt about it, but he's actually pretty damn good at film and he's pretty well versed on a lot of uh, subjects around film. I mean, people, you know, if you only know him from the Letterman show, you might be surprised if you actually talk to him and kind of watch. He's a brilliant editor too. I mean, really like his, his editing chops are, or for sure, like, like I mean, it's it's awesome. Like, it was good seeing what he did with all that footage. Certainly, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I'll have to revisit that video for sure. Um, so, um, lyrically on this record, uh, like, love to hear a little bit about some of, like the lyrical themes that went on um, in in Media Rest. So I think Dave, yeah. Well, yeah, Dave or Kenny, I mean, you guys wrote everything. I don't know, man. I think both of us have similar stories of like dealing with um, loss and longing in our music, in our our word choice, in our lyrics, um, dealing with the way that people who have been very close to our hearts have left an imprint on our hearts and how um, that that imprint finds expression through our lyrics. I don't know, Kenny. 
Yeah, I guess the song that I sing on Aerotape is kind of speaks to that. It's I had written it after losing a friend of mine, kind of with that in mind, but I kind of used it as a platform for kind of a like a more all-purpose elegy. Um, so I guess for me, it's like I start from a place that's like personal, but it's important to me to always make it really like universal, so like everybody can kind of take ownership of it. Um, I just don't like the idea of it's only kind of belonging to one person. So I know that's something that's really important to me and I think something that we kind of strive to do. For sure. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, it's kind of like song lyrics have like, um, instead of like an intended straight up meaning, there's sort of like this like onion of like layers, like at the deep core, this part of that song had to deal with this one experience with this one person that I'm just wondering about, like, I haven't seen this person in a long time and, or this person just changed me in some way. And I miss this person. But then further out, kind of, there's other layers to it that I think that are more applicable for us all in the five of us. And then beyond that, I think there's other just sort of like allusions to the words that are expressive of, I don't know, coping with the reality in which we find ourselves. Yeah. I, I think uh, there's a lot to be said about how, um, you know, kind of what, how the way you just described it as an onion, like how, you know, the, the lyrics or the themes in the song can, they can be applicable to many different situations and it can, the, the, the meaning that you take away from the song can evolve and shift and it can mean something different depending on the context you're listening to it or like where you are in life when hear this kind of stuff and like what it means to you in that way and um that's a really like uh powerful like open-ended approach to lyricism definitely well and all that being said too we don't lean very heavily on lyrics so it's a lot more uh almost using vocals as a second instrument um yeah yeah i guess i don't know if i can even say that anymore because uh, we've been working really hard on a new album and it's i think more lyrically heavy would you say, or maybe not? Less? Mm, no, I, I'd say it, it's a, maybe even a little less right now. Because some of the songs only have vocals for a very small portion of the song, really. If I think about well, I could be wrong. Hell, I don't know. It's, <laughs> typical, it's not a pop band. It's not a pop band. No, it's definitely right. not. Yeah. yeah, but, and that's, that's a, in fact, a good segue into talking about your guys' new material. So I know you've been doing some uh, uh, live recordings uh, in the last year. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear about the kind of stuff that you guys are working on now, what direction you're going in, like what's on your mind right now as you're piecing together uh, this new record. Take it away. I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like it's been heavily influenced by how separate we've all been. Um, so uh, it's, a, it's a very, it's an interesting album as it's coming together. You know, there's a lot of little interludes and things, you know, Kenny and Dave have written these small interludes like Dan was saying earlier um, on their own and submitted them and they're great little bits. And so the album is, it's really interesting. And obviously like we don't have a track listing or anything put together yet, but the songs are really starting to form up and um, um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a different album for sure. I think. 
it it'll be um i think my feeling is that it's going to be a little more not that we we're a happy band but i think it's going to be a little more somber at times but not like slip my wrists or something i, I just as i'm listening to the songs kind of like getting them ready for mixing you know it's striking me that there's there's a little more sparse at times uh depending you know the, these interludes we're talking about kind of uh put a little more breath in between some of the songs that are bigger larger a little more complex there's certainly that so I guess, I don't know, I, I'd say I agree with Mike. It's going to be a different record. Um, there'll be some twists to it that weren't on the rest, you know, the, the, the other songs. And then uh, we're even thinking about the record after that. There's some stuff yeah. we're brewing for that. We've been writing for the next record already and finishing up this one at the same time. I also think that there's, uh, I, I noticed that as a band, we've been exploring a lot more with color in terms of filling our... Um, I don't know, expressing more musical notes in a, and even in a single chord, just having um, an experimentation with the way uh, standard, say, G major has um, notes that might not be traditional for a G major chord in a rock band that can just totally change the dynamic of the song, totally change the feel. And I've been enjoying right, working on this album with these guys because that's been a piece for me that I've noticed we've been exploring a lot more courageously and I'm excited about that. I'm also just kind of excited about the new doorways that that uh, holds open for us for future music as well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I look forward to hearing, um, the continued uh, visceral journeys that Sleeper Sound takes us on. Um, can't get enough of that, especially right now in these times of isolation and seclusion and whatnot. Um, yeah, um, so so you're kind of in, this, in the, the era of like still sort of like piecing together the songs sort of thing? No, actually, I think we've got our tracks. We do oh. have that. Uh, we're kind of going, we got to finalize some of the naming on some of the songs. Uh, we're, we're in. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. Sorry. We're done. No, I'm just saying we're done tracking. So now we're going to get to the mixing yeah. and, and then the mastering. And then we've got a great, sorry. I keep, I think there's a delay. I have there is zoom. a delay. There <laughs> is a delay. Yeah. Sure, blame it on the delay. <laughs> We are like I'm really proud. I think we're I think we're done tracking completely, and um, we're even almost done with album art. Our friend Rachel Gonzalez is working on some work uh, for the cover that deals with kind of the themes of the album related to what you already named Ben. Just kind of like what we're all experiencing and living out, and, and hopefully living with and expressing, which is feelings of how are we going to make this work. We're in a pandemic. It's a quarantine. We, none of us were trained to deal with this in our careers or in, in our family lives, in our friend lives. And so the senses of exile or seeing other people who are in our lives that are less well-resourced to deal with that and 
Yeah, so she's her artwork is incredible. We're really excited for her to be working with us on um, working on this with us. I've been friends with her since I don't know 20, 2005, 2006, and I've always loved her artwork. So I'm pumped for that. Awesome, love to see. I'm like I said, and, very excited to see it. The this next record too is going to incorporate more aspects of of Steven and uh, working with more video. And uh, we're gonna be ambitious. I think we're gonna try to uh, do more videos. We have the means of production for that. And we've got Steven, who's a wizard. Even looks like a wizard a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steven, that's actually a good segue. My last question for you guys is mainly for Steven is I'd love to hear more about like the video mixing process and like just kind of what your your whole process looks like for like what visuals you you choose uh, for the shows and whatnot and just kind of like how you go about everything. Well, I, uh, you know, I've been given a lot of freedom um, to just do what what I want to do um, in as far as the visuals go, which has been really great. I mean, I've spent we've been um, having some conversations as Dan mentioned, we're gonna, we're gonna move forward and, uh, and, and, and we're gonna explore some new areas with how we're gonna use video with the new album. But uh, up until now, it's been a process of basically, this is like, I've been collecting just my own kind of stock footage for probably a decade. And, um, you know, probably about maybe 15 years, actually. Uh, if I really think about it. And a lot of it, a lot of the stuff that I use though is stuff that I capture while I'm traveling, which I think is just really like um, a great uh, backdrop for, for the, the feeling at least the, the, this, you know, the, their first album the was just kind of perfect with the songs that they had. And, you know, I mean, some of the themes and even the names, you know, uh, terminals and passengers and um, this, I don't know, like I, I had things from trains, from cars, from, but then there's sunsets and I guess the, the, it's been mostly emotional kind of uh, expressions. I try, I, I, you know, it's interesting because like, I mean, when I'm capturing this stuff, it's just like, I'm in the process of like, you know, moving from one place to another and it's, it's an adventure. And then, but then I shoot at like high frame rates. So I, everything is slowed down. Um, and when I play it back with their music, it just takes on another, another level, you know, and it really like, it's kind of something I've always wanted to do. And, um, and it's been really great to, to be able to, to explore this with them and and I mean to their their music is is awesome and I've seen them grow so much over the the years that I've been with them and and it's really helped me to kind of find my uh like I don't know like uh direction when it comes to live visuals but also just with like cinema and like being a cinematographer, you know, thinking that way. Um, but I, I currently use this uh, live video mixing program called VDMX. 
and basically I, um, you know, I can have like how many ever um, video samples I want and I can just trigger them with a, with a MIDI controller and bring them in and out at will and I can slow down and speed up and add some effects and, and things like that. Um, I can reverse the clips and, and, and do whatever and it's all in real time. So it really is like live like playing. So I'm like playing this visual instrument with them while they're playing their, their aud audible instruments and it's a really great experience of like, there's no two shows that are alike. You know, they're, they're all, they're all unique, both, both with how they kind of play the songs and, all, and how I add visuals with them too. So. That's... so we've done a couple of just uh, sort of not necessarily, I don't know if you call it improv, but more like free form shows where we sort of had a set list, but we had to play for hours, several hours. <laughs> um, and so we did these ridiculous, uh, well, transitions. Well, yeah. What, what, it was, was in there mixing video the entire time, and some of it just came out so well. I mean, there were times that I wish I had recorded some of those shows because there were sort of like jazz elements that came out of it that people came up to us later and commented about it. And I was, you know, we were looking at each other like, I don't know if I can remember what we did anymore. <laughs> you know, some of this stuff we should have recorded. And I think next time we do that, probably will Kenny, you were doing Kenny was inspiring dancers to come up on stage at one point I remember that over at JJ's it was nice yeah <laughs> was that at JJ's <laughs> was that JJ's yeah. <laughs> yes I remember that all, all too well <laughs> you were shocked yeah. was that the first was that the first time I did visuals with you guys I think so yep that was when yeah, you remember that one. Yes, yeah. that but that <laughs> one that one actually that was the first time and it was before I that was the first time and it was before I had like the live video mixing setup. Like they actually the the band um sponsored my purchase of the software that I use. So that's at, you know, we they they put money towards that that's how I got the software that I use so so I, it was like that first performance was actually pre uh, pre-made video so pre you know pre-mixed stuff I really really uh, admire the fact that you know, like you guys incorporate the visuals and have enlisted Steven to do it um, yeah it's I mean I'm a very like me personally like I'm a very um, imagery oriented listener of music and uh you know music things like music i associate music and memory and places very closely together and uh i think that you guys all do the perfect kind of music for the culmination of all of those things like um with like the you know the uh um, the pseudo improv pictures that uh yeah. get mixed in with um with the soundscapes so yeah. um good shit guys good shit thanks thanks ben yeah you're checked in the mail but... <laughs> <laughs> um well thank you guys for being on the show tonight uh this is fun and uh great to always great to um interact with you guys uh, look forward to seeing the new hearing the new record and 
seeing another show one day. Um, so as we're closing out, um, um, if you guys ever watched my episodes till the end, you know what, what the, you know this part. Um, we'll start with Dave. What keeps you up at night, Dave? Holy smokes, my job. Uh, really, I'm a principal of a school, and it's and crazy because of COVID nineteen. Figuring out <clears throat> what we're gonna do, and as of this week, we did open to students, and it's been a crazy roller coaster just getting here and. Um, we'll see how long it uh, keeps functioning and hopefully the neighborhood rates stay where they are and then improve and but yeah that has been dominating a lot of the headspace for the past two or three months um, I mean since March uh, yeah. So yeah, that. wow that's that's quite a position to be in um, yeah I can imagine um, Stephen what keeps you up at night um, anime, mostly. Dude, I've been watching a lot of anime movies lately, actually. Um, a lot of Studio Ghibli movies. Oh, I love them. I Me love, too. I, 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 I wish, yeah, I wish they had more, because I've, I've, I'm just such a, I, I don't know, I have a high, I have a high rate of media consumption. I've always done it, books, CDs, music, video whatever i just it's just like more and more and more so yeah i hear you uh ken what keeps you up at night i'll give you the honest answer kind of like dave just the coronavirus stuff and just worrying about kind of loved ones are susceptible to it i still have my two grandparents um so there so uh, i try to just um listen to podcasts to fall asleep too so i'm not left alone with my thoughts there you go there you go Dan, what keeps you up at night? Well, uh, our president. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, no, I just, uh, I can't stand this guy. So. <laughs> and uh, I it have gets, a job. It gets fucking worse every fucking day. <laughs> I just, you know, if they're, well, I just not even get started. We'll just leave it at that. But I will say, I'm an IT project manager, and so that's stressful too. Uh, but the good stress is this band. So, for example, the other night I did 12 mixes of a certain song before <laughs> I said, I better just go to bed because I got an early morning. Uh, so you guys you guys know that I do this. Yeah. Just, uh, I obsess about certain things. And then mm. I render it down, and then I listen to it on a different system, and then I'm like, Okay, that's not coming through. I better adjust that. It's things like that. It doesn't. That's the good keeping me up at night. Sure. And then Mike, what keeps you up at night? I've uh, got this real fat brown cat. We, my wife and I, have two cats. <laughs> the one that, the one that entered the frame not too long ago. No, no, no. That's the little one. This guy is. He's fat and he's uh, extremely like oriented on a routine, and so. Throughout the night, he has different maneuvers he has to do. He has to sleep on this side, and then at the time he has, I have to roll over, and he has to sleep on this side. And if I don't do these maneuvers, he'll stand about a half an inch from my face, with his whiskers touching it, and breathe on me. And he just continues to breathe. And it's, it's oh man, if I want to sleep, I have to move the way he wants me. It's horrible. It sounds like a diva. 
He sounds like oh a real gosh. diva. He really is. Yes, he is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if there's a if there's a cat Illuminati, this cat is in it. That's all I have to say. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> rule over all humans. Now move to the left. Move yeah. to the right. <laughs> you do as I say. He's the Lou Bega of cats. That's <laughs> roll over, human. <laughs> yeah, no, the cat owns you. Real talk. Yeah. Um, so, uh, same, uh, same order. The flip side of that question, Dave, we'll start with you again. We'll put you to sleep. Oh man, this right currently it's this TV show in um, French called Engrenage, which means spirals, and it's basically CSI in Paris. Ah. And I have the best dreams when I watch that. And it usually takes me like 10 minutes before I'm out cold. Oh, dope. That's cool. That's tight. I've been watching uh, Community. I, I love that show. I love that show, too. It's so Donald fucking Glover funny. Kills me in that show. Yeah. Donald Glover and Danny Pudi together are so funny. Yep. <laughs> um, Steven, what puts you to sleep? You know, the G-rated answer is the same answer as before. <laughs> oh, Yeah. We we can leave it at that. <laughs> okay, you know whatever. Um, yeah, but that the, the uh, yeah anime. Um, sure. I, I I pretty much I pretty much sometimes it's me watching a show and being like, oh my god, what's gonna happen next? That keeps me up. Sometimes it's like I turn on some anime and I fall asleep. So. Yeah. <laughs> Ken, we'll put or we'll uh, put you. Last podcast on the left. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Always a good one. Yeah. You know, normally that would keep people up at night because of the subject matter, but I'm smiling and stuff. But I don't know. It's like go to bed smiling. So it's nice. Dan, I always have a pillow speaker with really bad AM talk radio, like George Norrie. <laughs> the night. So what it does is it occupies my brain for about one minute. <laughs> And then I'm like, this is so full of shit or boring. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that's awesome. I like that answer a lot. That's a good one. Um, And then Mike, of course, last but not least. Um, I I really like the podcast from uh, Adam Conover, uh, Factually. Uh, He's got such a broad subject matter, um, but it's always very well put together and it's interesting. So um, I typically listen to it on my way to and from work, but it's one of those things I think about a lot. And that's a, a nice, like, at the end of the day, especially amongst all the bullshit that we have to deal with now, it's very good to think about something positive and people who are actually working really hard to make the world a better place. I like that. Um, so it always puts me in a good frame of mind to go to bed. Thank you guys for being on the show. And, uh, Thank you guys for the very kind message. Uh, left me with the shirt. Um, <laughs> I've hung it up on my bulletin board. Oh, thank. Yes. Um, awesome. Well, yeah. Once again, yeah. Sleeper sound. Thank you guys all for joining me this evening. Uh, great to talk, and uh, looking forward to the new record. For everyone watching, I'll be uh, posting a link to Sleeper Sounds music so you can check it out, and uh, we anticipate what they do next. Um, here in Breaking and Entering. I'm Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, For everyone here, we'll see you next time. Cheers.